we'll celebrate uh, a national holiday called Thanksgiving. Uh, first national holiday at Thanksgiving observed by, in 1863, then President Abraham Lincoln, uh, setting that aside as a day in which we as Americans gather together around the table and we thank God for his blessings and provision. The, 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 the very first gathering of that dates back actually to 1621 um, when the pilgrims gathered around with uh, their Indian friends, the Wampanoag tribe who, who had, had blessed them with food and had been, a, been there with them with them during tough times and difficult times. And they gathered around a feast and they offered thanks and prayer and gratitude to God for seeing them through some very difficult, strenuous times. And, and, and their Native American friends celebrated with them and, and actually helped them remember that God, God had been with them in the midst of that. But you know, the that's oftentimes known as the first Thanksgiving, but this idea of Thanksgiving actually goes back to, to, to deeper places and, and way before that, years, thousands of years earlier in, in, in the Bible, you, you, you find throughout the Bible, it's, it's, it's filled with characters who, who pause to offer thanks and gratitude to God when he stepped in into their lives. So I think of Sarah when Isaac was born and and giving God glory and, and, and gratitude. And, and, and I remember Hannah, when she was able to, to give birth to Samuel, she'd prayed for years for a son. And Lord, if you'll just bless me with the son, I will dedicate him back to you for your use and your glory. We see that time and time again. And today, I want us to look at, at, at another uh, individual who, who, who celebrated and worshiped and just thank God. I mean, he went all out. It's, it's, it's King David, King David. And, and, and in 2 Samuel chapter six, we, we read a story about King David celebrating and dancing. And he's just so filled with gratitude. He's worshiping God unabandoned. I mean, he's just, he's, he's willing to, he, he doesn't care. God has, has, has finally brought his ark the Ark of the Covenant has finally made its entrance into the holy city of Jerusalem. The Ark of the Covenant, symbolic of, of the very presence of God, is now in its rightful home. And, and after years of wandering through the wilderness and the desert, and, and there was a time in which it had actually been kidnapped, this Ark of the Covenant, by the Philistines, right? But now it's made its way in 2 Samuel chapter 6 into Jerusalem, and David goes crazy with the presence of God there. Now in, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it, it doesn't start out so celebratory. In fact, we, we know that, that, the, that, that the ark is, is brought, is making its way, and as it's making its way towards Jerusalem, it's, it's actually being transported in, in an inappropriate way. You see, they've, they've placed the ark on a, on a cart, and, and the ark was never meant to be placed on, on, on a cart. It was to be carried on the shoulders of, of the Levites, and, and it was not to be placed on, a, on, on something mechanical because God's not mechanical, right? But, 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 but they had placed it, and it says that as it comes to the house of this one man by the name of Uzzah, U-Z-Z-A-H, not King Uzziah, but Uzzah. It says that, that because of inappropriate worship and handling of the ark, you know, it says that he, he, he actually is struck down. He's, he's killed because of him touching it in an inappropriate way. He wasn't treating it with the worship and honor and respect. It was being 
carried and transported. Hey, listen, the ark is meant to be carried. Interesting, isn't it? We carry the presence of God today, don't we? This could be a different sermon series, but we're ark bearers and carriers, right? We, we carry his presence. But in 2 Samuel 6, it starts out there. They're inappropriate ways of worship. They're mishandling it, not treating it the way they should. And this man falls out. He said, David is greatly disturbed, it says in scripture. The ark continues on its journey and, and they, they, they kind of understand now that it's, it's not new ways of worship or we shouldn't add on to, to our lives, but, but God, God is longing for, in fact, I love this quote by John Wesley. John Wesley puts it this way. God's not looking for new ways. He's looking for new fire. And, 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 and my concern is that just as it was in second Samuel chapter six, that the people were trying to add to what God had already ascribed and prescribed as the appropriate way to worship and handle this thing called the ark. But, but, but you know, us, we're always trying to add on, aren't we? In our lives, right, we, we, will, we, will, we, we try to add Jesus, we add his presence on to our lives that are already so busy. And if we have time, then we'll worship him. Or, or, or we'll add on Jesus, we'll worship him and give him honor and thanks and celebrate him if, if things go our, our way, right? We're, we're, we're adding him on. He's not looking for new ways, he's just looking for new fire. Wesley had it correct. But in 2 Samuel chapter 6, it goes on saying that it finally makes its way into, into the holy city. And, 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 and I love in, in 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 14, it says this, David danced before the Lord with all his might. In, in, in fact, if, when you read the story, it says that, that, that David ripped off his priestly robe and he's dancing basically in, in linen, his linen ephod, you might say, and he's dancing with other men. He is, but David is going hard. He is unashamed. Uh, he is unrestrained. He is so thrilled with great joy and gratitude and exuberance. Scripture says he danced before the Lord with all his might. You ever done that? Man, what, what would happen if, if that were to break out in the house, right? Now, 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 now David's married, and he's married to his wife, his name, uh, Michael. And it, I don't know if you know anything about the significance of, of this wife, Michael, but, but her daddy was King Saul. If you know anything about David and Saul, they, did, they didn't always have a great relationship. It started out strong, but then it kind of, uh, because now he's the new king, and he's the sitting king, and what do you do when... You got one on the throne, but you know there's one that's coming to take it, right? You'd probably get a little upset too, wouldn't you? You would. But anyway, but Michael is King Saul's daughter, and she sees her king husband, David, ripping off his priestly robe, and he's acting in ways unbefitting of a king because kings are supposed to be proper and restrained and, and solemn. Guys, I just I love what David's modeling for us here in 2 Samuel chapter 6 because I believe that true worship to God does not have to be solemn and somber and dignified. I, I just love for some of us to break out sometime and get a little crazy when we worship God. That's what David's doing here in 2 Samuel chapter 6. See, his wife reprimands him. His wife scolds him. Can any of you men relate? 
Not because you've danced in your underwear crazily. Well, you may have Tom Cruise risky business moment in your home. I don't know, but, 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 I, but, but she gets on and says, I cannot believe the king is acting this way. It's just not fitting for you. She calls him out. I love David's response to her. Look what it says in verse 21. He says, in God's presence, I'll dance all I want. I love that. David's just kind of, hey, don't you be telling me how to worship. Don't, don't, don't you be trying to keep me in a box. Don't you be trying to keep me restrained. He says, in God's presence, I want to dance. In fact, a couple of verses, it says he was dancing and leaping. He was whirling around. Come on, king. Whoa, don't you tell me. I'll dance all I want in God's presence. And then I wouldn't recommend this next part of the scripture to you men if you want to eat lunch today. But David kind of calls his wife out and says, listen, God chose me over your father and the rest of our family and made me prince over God's people. That might not be a way to win a chicken nugget for lunch today, guys. Okay. Um, but, 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 but it goes on to say, listen, I don't care what you say. Scripture says, I'll dance to God's glory, David said. And I'm going to dance even more recklessly than this. And as far as I'm concerned, I'll gladly look like a fool. Are you eat up with gratitude towards God that you could care less about how you look? In fact, let me ask you a question today. What is it? that hinders you from showing your full gratitude to God for all that he's done. Is it your pride? Listen, man, I, I, I'm a leader of many people and I'm supposed to be a stalwart and strong and I'm supposed to be dignified. I'm three-piece suit and I've got people that answer my beck and call and I, I've, got to, I've got to keep it all together. Is it your pride? Some of us today need to get off that ride of pride, don't we? We need to lay it aside and we need to leap and whirl and dance like a madman, like a fool. For some of us, maybe it's just that we're afraid of what other people might think of us. Oh man, come on. If I, if I lift my hands, whoa, what will people think of me? They're going to label me as, as one of those, you know? Or dance, if I want to bounce, man, I had a guy last week says, man, I, I, I jumped in service last Sunday. And I'm going, what took you so long? <laughs> Why? For some of us, though, we're afraid of what people will say of us. I, for some of us, you know, maybe we're just not grateful enough. We're not thankful. For somehow, maybe we think that we deserve God's blessing and and, and, and this idea of him providing for my needs, ah, it's, it's just what he does. No, you, you don't deserve the blessing of God. You deserve the, the judgment, death. That's what you deserve. But God in his great love demonstrates love towards us. Are you grateful? Are you grateful? Why is it that this was such a big deal? Well, why is it such a big deal for us to dance and leap and whirl around and act like a fool when we come into the presence of God? Listen, we, we, we have no problem when, when a full-grown man hits a home run and rounds the bases and steps across home plate and acts like a... Well, he acts like he's never been there before. 
just recalling all, and he acts crazy. We'll dance and we sing and we, we hug men that we don't know and the stands with us. I love you, but come on. We, you know, we, 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 when a touchdown is scored, when our kid scores a winning goal, some of you go crazy and you're even cocky about it. You, you're, you're arrogant about it. Well, why is it then that we're afraid to lift our hands in the presence of a God who's worthy? He's done so much more. I, I just, hey, he's hit home runs in your life. Celebrate that. Come on, there's been a touchdown scored for you. God's done that. Man, full grown men acting like idiots over another dude that can hit a ball over a fence. But God delivers me from cancer and I'm just gonna keep him silent. I'm not, I'm not. Or he showed up in my life. Come on, can we come become a little bit more undignified? And can we not dance around like, I remember the Dave Crowder song called Undignified. He came out a few years ago and I love the lyrics to that song. Crowder says this, I will dance, I will sing to be mad for my king. Nothing, Lord, is hindering this passion in my soul. We need some more undignified people in the presence of a holy God that is good and he's faithful and he's shown up and he's blessed us. Oh no, I'm just gonna... I'm going to keep him, I'm just going to keep it all together. Man, I'm just longing for that day when it breaks out. When we understand that God is good and he's blessed us. And we're going to become a little bit more undignified than this. Amen. Whew. Mm. In, in, in 1925, um, Thomas Chisholm wrote, wrote a song um, of, of gratefulness to God for all that, that God had done in his life. And, 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 and Thomas Chisholm, born in Kentucky, was, was not some wealthy dude. And, and, and life wasn't always easy for Thomas Chisholm. In fact, he, 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 he had health setbacks time and time again. And his bank accounts weren't fat and inflated. And in fact, in, in 1925, when Thomas Chisholm pens the words to this, this great song, he, he finds himself working as an insurance clerk at a desk job. But yet, even in the mundane, the mundane things of life, and even though his life was messy and wasn't perfect, and, and, and there were setback after setback, I love what, what Thomas Chisholm writes in that moment. He, he writes this. He says, my income has not been large at any time due to impaired health in the earlier years, which has followed me on until now. And although I must not fail to record here, the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God and that he has given me many wonderful displays of his providing care for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. You see, Thomas Chisholm wrote the words to a song that many of you, as I have sang over the course of years, the song entitled, Great Is Thy Faithfulness. Thomas Chisholm would write these words that despite how life has treated him, 
despite the setbacks and the hardships and difficulties he's faced, he's still gonna sing and write about not only the goodness of God, but the faithfulness of God. It's an old hymn that has stood strong over the decades, amen? And I'm just wondering today, if you might just stand with me and us sing this old song together and be reminded as we sing these words of the faithfulness and goodness of God.
not a great song or what? Come on, has God been good to anybody? Has he been faithful? He's been faithful. His mercies are new every morning. Chisholm was actually writing the words to the book, to Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 through 24. It says this, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. Would you agree with that? His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. There are new mercies, fresh mercies. There's new wine. There's newness of life. Are you seeing something here? It's not a God of the old and the mundane and the boring, but it's fresh and new. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. Listen, blessed people worship. Gratitude and having this attitude of gratitude. Guys, it is a powerful, powerful thing. May we never stop worshiping and thanking our great God in heaven. Scripture says in Psalm chapter 105 verse 1 give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness let the whole world know what he has done sing to him yes sing his praises tell everyone about his wonderful deeds exult in his holy name rejoice you who worship the Lord search for the Lord and for his strength continually seek him. Guys, we should continually thank God for the things he's done. From the blessings to the blisterings, we're going to thank him for our friends and our family and even our foes. We're going to thank him for our health and for those health struggles. We are going to continually thank the Lord. Are you with me today? Can we just celebrate him one more time and thank him for his goodness?